Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey everybody and welcome to the True Crime Squad. This is Katie Weaver. I'm here with my sister co-host and partner in crime, Christy Brower. Hello. Hello. Hey, everybody. Happy oh. Monday. Yeah. Monday already. How's it going? Good. It's going well. It's just really, really windy. Oh, my gosh. That has resulted in some... We were heading Major up stuff. into... Yeah, we were headed up into Teton Valley to do a home inspection today. And got stopped in a little tiny town called Newdale, uh, where there was a line of traffic. And we waited for a while and finally went, we don't have to do this inspection today. Let's just go home. That road, it's called Highway 33. It is uh, It can be bad when the weather's bad, but it wasn't snowing. It had been raining really hard, but it wasn't snowing or raining at the moment. So what we didn't know is a little further down that road was a straight-up whiteout and a 15-car pileup. Yeah. Yeah. Very so, bad. Uh, yeah. So I'm so grateful we weren't in it. And I hope that everybody that was is okay. But while that was yeah, all happening, there was another terrible wreck on the other side of town where we also could have been. I feel like we like dodged bullets right and left today. It was really oh weird. Gosh. Rescue vehicles everywhere. Stop traffic everywhere. It was crazy. What a day. Yeah, It's been a wild, wild day. A good day to stay home if at all possible. Yeah, my gosh, not great. So, mm -mm. yeah. So I hope the rest of you are well. Yes. Not dealing with horrible winds. Yeah. Weird weather. Per normal. That's the normal now. But yeah, that, uh, ugh, no. But uh, per normal, uh, you know, crime just keeps on criming. <laughs> Boy, it just never stops. We have got a lot going on in the crime world. So we've got a mix for you uh, today. I think of uh, some really wild stuff, some updates, and just everything in between. So, Chris, yeah, I'm going to let so. you kick us off with, oh, Idaho. Well, in Idaho's endless pursuit to execute some prisoner... Uh, it looks as though Thomas Creech probably really will be executed on Wednesday evening Yeah, this week. So that would be the 28th of February, uh, 2024. So we've talked to you about Thomas Creech before. This is Thomas. Thomas has been uh, in prison for nearly 50 years on death row for 43 and it is unknown for sure how many 
people Thomas Creech actually killed. He claimed at one point up to 50. But did you know, I just learned this today, when he made those really wild claims, he was under the influence of a drug that was believed to be a truth serum that is now completely illegal to use. Yeah, I did not know that. Wow. So, uh, you know, Thomas Mm. Creech has been about 11 murders have been attributed to Thomas Creech. Yeah. And I mean, at no point am I condoning what he did. I just do not understand waiting this long and then deciding, well, he's 73 and old and sick. Let's be sure to kill him now. It just doesn't, I don't understand it. It doesn't it make sense. No sense. But Idaho has been desperate um, for a, uh, Boy, a couple for of years. For two, yeah, two or three years now. Started yeah. with Gerald Pizzuto. They tried multiple mm-hmm. times to execute Gerald Pizzuto. Several death warrants that went um, unfulfilled. unfulfilled. Yeah. So, you know, scheduling death warrants when they didn't even have the drugs to complete. Um, a, and uh, a lethal injection and lots of appeals and all, all this stuff. So they kind of then have dropped it with Gerald Pizzuto. And now they're, they've been going after Thomas Creech and there, there's been a bunch of appeals with Creech. Um, the part the parole board did deny his request for clemency. Um, it went clear to the ninth circuit federal court that did mm-hmm. refuse to hear his appeal um, and that just happened recently. And so it's believed now that really he's exhausted every option and that it is likely that on Wednesday evening he will be executed. Mm-hmm. Idaho swears up and down that they have the drugs. Now, we don't know how they were pr- procured because the last two executions that Idaho did back in 2011 and 2012, they uh, got the drugs in a real shady uh private jet and a suitcase full of money in a Walmart parking lot kind of way. Mm-hmm. Creepy, illegal. Not even kind of way. Exactly that way. Yeah, very. So then, you know, because that information had to be public, they the state was real mad that uh, anybody even knew about that shady shit. So now mm-hmm. they just passed a new law because this is just the kind of bullshit that happens in this state. They've now passed a law that that information is confidential. So they say they've got the drugs now. We don't know how they were procured, what drugs they are, if they are legal, if they are medically safe. We don't know. No. But we're probably going to find out on Wednesday. Uh So just watching. Find out something. Find out something. Right. Yeah. Just, we're just watching closely these cases because there have been so many problems in the last really 20 years with mm-hmm. um, with lethal injections across the country. Then, of course, there was the recent um, nitrogen gas execution that went very wrong. Mm-hmm. And as usual, this is not going well. I, I don't understand why states are not getting the message mm-hmm. that we need to be done. It, it needs to stop. And it's not to condone anybody's actions. It's no, that, of course not. It's wrong. And there's no infrastructure to support it because people know it's wrong. Mm-hmm. And killing people for killing people makes no sense at all. No. 
but we may actually see Idaho succeed. I, I don't know what's gotten this state so bloodthirsty in the last few years. Um, it's for these weird. Particular prisoners who have been on death row for so long, but you know, Robin Lee Rowe continues to sit on death row for mm -hmm. something like thirty-five years, and yeah, uh, no, Idaho is not trying to execute her. It's just these old mm -hmm. men, and I don't know why neither of these men have done have commit any crimes in prison for decades. Right. So uh, I don't. Were, know. I don't get it. They do it forty years ago. Yeah, when it was actually I, relevant. Because it's not no. now. the The local article that you'll see in the show notes is very interesting because it's um, some interviews with some of the staff that work at the prison that have yeah. known Thomas Creech for a long time, and what a strange thing this is for them because they have known him so long and they know him as he is now, which is a very different person than he was when he committed these crimes. And it's strange, like there's a there's a sadness around it for these folks, a, a sadness and kind of a plea, like you don't understand what this will do to the jail, to the prison, to, to the morale yeah. here, to the prisoners, to right. everybody. Like, it's just a bad thing. Yeah. But. Yeah, it is. But, you know, what, what, what does our governor care? He doesn't. No, he does not. Obviously. No. But it is a strange thing to think that he's mm -hmm. been in that prison so long that people have, like, worked their entire careers and retired knowing him. Yeah. Yeah. The judge that actually convicted him of the crime that put him on death row has himself come out and advocated for clemency at this point. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think everybody's going, why now? Mm -hmm. You've waited all this time. Why now? Mm -hmm. It's so arbitrary at this point. I just, yeah, it's weird. It is weird. But I want to document it and, and, and tell you all about it because we need to be aware of the bullshit that's happening around the death penalty all over the country. And, and this, Idaho is a prime example of it. Yeah, definitely. And with that, Katie, I'm going to kick it over to you for some WTF news. Okay. Do you know what this is? Grits, maybe? Or quinoa? It, no. Hmm. It's a weapon. Okay. It's also grits. But... Okay. There was an incident. <laughs> there was an incident not too long ago. Uh, this won't surprise you that this happened in Florida. But apparently... Already not shocked. Yeah, apparently there is a lady uh, who had become uh, homeless and went to live with her mother for a time in a household of children. I don't know that the kids were hers or they were someone else's, but there were kids that lived there as well. And uh, She got up one morning and mom was already up, bustling around the kitchen, making a pan of grits for the kids for breakfast. And okay. uh, the villain of this story popped a pizza in the oven for breakfast. And okay. mom said, no, you're not eating that for breakfast. These kids aren't eating that for breakfast. Eat grits or toast or some other breakfast food but we're not doing this we're not eating pizza for breakfast and they had a fight over whether pizza could be considered a breakfast food i'm gonna go out on a limb here and assume that mom was buying the groceries you know i would think and probably i mean have I'll i myself eaten pizza for breakfast yes did i cook it in the oven though no it was like leftover no. from the day before yeah mm. and but, she had I mean, kids here that she was trying to feed grits for uh, breakfast who mm -hmm. 
Now, of course, weren't going to want grits for breakfast. They were going to want pizza for breakfast because who the hell wouldn't, right? Right. So a fight ensued in which the villain of the story took a handful of grits and hit her mother in the face with them with a hard smack. Oh, okay. Were they hot? Yeah. Okay. The police were called. (laughs) When the police got there, the daughter met them at the door and told them a big tale about how her mother had just hit herself in the face with a handful of grits to try and make it look like she was the victim or something. Oh my god, okay. Uh, Once the police got into the house and had a conversation with mom, it was clear that actually no, she'd been assaulted by breakfast food. And (laughs) Oh boy. uh, And uh, the daughter was charged with, I believe, a simple assault. But, uh, so, just so you know, those hassles over what you're going to eat for breakfast, lunch, or dinner could result in, a, in an assault. I mean, what's next? I really, oatmeal? I don't know. A, a stick in the eye? I, I don't know. The grits? I mean, I, it was a little excessive, I think, to slap with grits. The police said that she still had grits on her face and dried in her hair when they got there. <laughs> and a handprint on her face. The uh, the crime was out. Ah. Uh-huh. So. Yeah, yeah, she she preserved the scene. <laughs> wow. So, uh, when in doubt, leave the grits out. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, what okay, to say. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that every day up, doesn't keep the police away. I, I... <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> or I don't know. Just be a good house guest. Maybe there's that. Maybe there's that. Yes. I I think what my. Ooh. What my kids used to say, I didn't even teach them this, so I don't know who did, but they used to say, you get what you get and you don't throw a fit. Well, mm-hmm. I think she could have perhaps remembered that. But then again. Perhaps, you know, yes. Maybe she really hates grits that much. I don't know. I, you know, it's hard to say that the choice of breakfast food was this important, but apparently to someone. <laughs> it's worth catching a charge. So, with that, I'm going to turn the mic back over to you for some more WTF news. Uh, yeah. So, we have not heard really much of anything uh, around the Cassidy Rainwater murder until recently. Yeah. If you recall, this is Cassidy over on the right there. And these are the two men who have both pled guilty to her murder. Mm-hmm. And and we know that this was a particularly heinous murder. It was she was tortured. It was really really bad. And there was some concerns about potential cannibalism around it. Like it was a big deal, if you will Awful. recall. Uh, and James Phelps and Tim Norton are both serving life sentences for her murder. Yeah. Well, something interesting has happened. Uh, someone has, uh, taken on the case of Cassidy's, Cassie Rainwater's children. And I believe she had five. She had quite a few children. Mm-hmm. They were represented by an attorney named Amanda Johnson. Um, and they have sued James Phelps and Tim Norton for wrongful death of Cassidy Rainwater. And they were just mm-hmm. given a default judgment of $30 million. Yeah. I mean, cool, cool, cool. However, uh, those idiots are in prison for life. Like, I 
I was very confused by this at first going, well, I mean, that's great and all, but they didn't even respond to the lawsuit because they're in prison and can't hire an attorney to represent them anyway. Well, these and fools so it both was had the, public defenders, so right, we know they, they did. didn't have any money. No. So this was a default uh, judgment against them, which, I mean, the $30 million, that's great if it actually existed. Certainly her children should, you know, receive that money, but there just isn't any money to be had and so i was real confused about what that what this is actually for but here's the thing and this is just interesting all these things are specific to various states so um they won't receive anywhere near 30 million because phelps and norton don't have any money but the recent judgment is a requirement for the application of an award from a tort victim compensation fund and that fund caps at $300,000. Um, also, if Phelps or Norton ever garnered any assets, if they received like inheritance or anything while yeah. they were in prison, that would be subject to garnishment. Like mm -hmm. anything that they do have is subject mm -hmm. to responsibility for this, mm -hmm. um, according to Missouri law. But apparently they had to win a case against them in order to qualify for this tort victim compensation fund. Wow. And the the award there caps at $300,000. So that's why I mean I definitely think there should be money for these kids. It's it sounds like it's going to be put into uh, a trust of some sort for them for when they turn 18 because of course this is a tremendous loss for them yeah. and the trauma that they've been through and I'm really happy to see that they're going to get something, uh -huh. but I don't know. I just, it's pretty strange. I wish the 30 million existed so they could get it, but it really doesn't. Yeah. But what I a strange, they deserve that. What a strange, I mean, we have crime victims compensation fund here yeah. in Idaho too, but I've never seen anyone have to sue their perpetrator in order yeah. to get access to it before. So Missouri, yeah. that's a thing in your state. You might want to look into that because that's yeah. kind of odd. Because they had to get an attorney and then be, you know, go through the whole court process in order yeah. to then win that so that they could then get access to the money. But I mean, they were already, they have already pled guilty, been convicted and are serving time for this. It's not like it's a question that they did it. So I, I find the whole thing kind of, I'm a bit flummoxed. That's why I called it WTF News. But mm -hmm. I hope that those kids get every penny that they are due. That they yeah. that can possibly be rounded up for them. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Just interesting diff how yeah. everybody does things a little differently. It's Definitely. good to know because it's not our, our criminal justice system is very varied from state to state. Def very much. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. And with that, Katie, I'm going to kick the mic back to you for a crime news update. Yes. <laughs> Okay, this is Tabitha Smith. Tabitha, Tabitha Smith was a mom, a friend, a very beloved person in her community by a lot of people. Uh, also had some okay. challenges in her life. And that really came to light here a couple of weeks ago 
when there was a domestic dispute and Tabitha was arrested. Mm. This was in Tennessee. And she was arrested by a deputy, a very new deputy, named R.J. Leonard. Okay. Robert John, I believe he went by R.J. Mm-hmm. And detect, or, uh, Deputy Leonard uh, was very excited, apparently, to have his first arrest. He'd only been on the job for a couple of months, had his first arrest. He okay. had uh, handcuffed Tabitha and placed her in the back of his car and was driving her to take her in. And he was so excited because he finally had his first arrest. And while he was driving Tabitha, this was at night in rural Tennessee, where according to the sheriff, the roads there are very tricky. And there are some corners that are particularly tricky in the dark that there have been a lot of accidents on by people who aren't from there. Well, RJ was, I don't know if he was from there, but he'd been a deputy there for a couple of months. I mean, he'd been on these roads a hot minute. Mm-hmm. But no worries. He was so excited to text his wife and let her know that he had his first arrest. And while he was busy texting Uh-oh. his wife, apparently he ran his car off the road and into the river. Oh, no. Where he managed to get out of the car, though he did also succumb, Tabitha Smith, who was in the care and custody. Tabitha Smith, who had been accused of a crime, not convicted of a crime. Right. Tabitha Smith, who had, I believe, five children at home. Oh. Drowned in the backseat of that police cruiser and could do nothing to save herself. Secured in the backseat of a cop car. Oh, God. That's awful. Their bodies weren't found until the next day. The car wasn't found until the next day. And, of course, they were both deceased. Oh, that's so sad. It's a stark reminder that when you are arrested and taken into police custody or you're in a jail, it is their job to keep you safe. Right. It is their obligation to keep you safe. Right. And in this instance, that was not, this was an epic failure. It makes me think of a while Mm. back when a cop actually... Uh, pulled a woman over on the railroad tracks. Oh, you remember yes. this? He was yes. parked on the railroad tracks, and when the train came, he bailed out and ran away and let that woman hit take a hit from the train. And I believe she yeah. lived, didn't she? But she was horrible. She hurt. did live, but it was yeah. yeah, it was awful. Yeah, just yes. a stark reminder to all of us that uh, when you are taken into police custody, you have rights to be safe. Yes, you, you have do. the right to not be driven into a river or left on a railroad track or anything else. Right. And this is just a, it's a Mm. bad deal. It's a really bad deal. I'm so sad for her family and I'm sad for his family too. It's terrible. Yeah. His poor wife. Right. He's one minute he's texting her celebrating and then she never hears from him again. Just to find out his body's drug out of the river in the next day. Oh, that's so sad. Wow. It's awful. But Everything I've read about this really upplays him and says practically nothing about Tabitha. So I wanted to show you her face. Yeah. Because what happened to Tabitha is a travesty. What happened to Tabitha is wrong. It is a crime in itself, in my opinion. This should have never, never happened. 
This is a person yeah. who was accused of a crime. Just like right. any one of us could be accused of a crime. Right. And restrained in the back of a police car, could not protect herself, couldn't couldn't try to swim out or anything. No. Mm, no. That's so terrible. He did. It appears that he did manage to get his own door open and get out, but he didn't live. But not Tabitha. She, had she no didn't shot. have that option. Oh, that sucks. It's awful. It sucks a lot. Yeah. Well, let's lighten up for the rest of the show. I'm going to turn it over to you let's for it. Dumb criminals. Yes. I love that visual. That dumb criminal falling down a hill. Yep. Well, we all know this dumb criminal right here. Miss Mary Richens of Utah, who is accused of murdering her husband, poisoning him. And, you know, then writing a book about it with her poor little boys and how sad they were to lose their dad and how they grieved it. And the whole time she was the one who did it. Remember this? Well, you might recall that there was a letter um, that she uh, apparently read to her mother and had in her cell. And if you remember at the top of it, it said, walk the dog. Mm -hmm. In reference to, uh, it's, a it's a movie reference. But the, uh, the letter was all about all the stuff she was doing to lie to and basically punk her own defense attorney. Mm -hmm. uh, and that there were some real problems with that. And uh, there was a desire to get this letter. Oh, remember, Sky uh, Lazaro is mm -hmm. the defense attorney. Well, the prosecution wants it in. This mm -hmm. Into court because there's really some admissions in there. Yeah. Also, just the way that she's been lying and lying to and manipulating her defense attorney, and and trying to force her family members to uh, do all of these things for her. Right, and and, and, and to, to mess with her late husband's family. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It, it's really bad. Well, guess what? Four pages of that letter are now in uh -huh. as evidence. So the question has been, because this letter was written to, uh, well, suppose some of it to Sky. I don't know. It, there were questions about, is this privileged information or not? Right. And so there was a big review of the letter because the letter is like 30 pages long. It's really mm -hmm. a lot. Um to determine like, can this be, you know, is this privileged information or can some of this be in? Yeah. Well, uh, they have determined that yes, in fact, some of it is privileged information, but some of it is also not privileged information. And the defense mm -hmm. is required to disclose it. Um, four pages of it uh, that are called letter number two and that there's, you know, good cause that that information does need to be in, mm -hmm. which is pretty awesome because it's all this subterfuge Corey was trying to create mm -hmm. with other people to make it look like she was not the one that procured 
the drug that killed her husband and, mm -hmm. you know, a bunch of other stuff. She's just so incredibly full of shit. Mm -hmm. Manipulative. And, wow. And so dumb because mm -hmm. she wrote all this stuff down and she Isn't this the same letter that she asked her mother to have Sky uh, smuggle some crest white strips into the jail to her? Yes, it is. Yeah, that was part of it. Yeah, so we had covered it a while back. So I just wanted mm -hmm. to say, hey, thanks for being an idiot, Corey Richens, and writing all this shit down so that it can now be used against you in court. Because she has been <laughs> an absolute pain in the ass in every way you can imagine in the Utah courts. And now this is just more evidence against her written by her own hand. Well, when this first came out, wasn't one of the arguments that she's actually writing a novel and yes. that these were actually just pages of her novel? Yes, that she tried to say that these were pages of her novel. This wasn't real. Stop freaking out. It's not that big of a deal, except that it was, you know, like naming her attorney, her mom, mm -hmm. her brother, like individual people that are actual real people that are, mm -hmm. you know, affiliated with her. So, yeah. yeah. She tried a whole lot of bullshit, none of which worked. So <laughs> she's my so, dumb criminal of the day. So wait. So it's a letter. It's a book. It's not real. Don't freak out. But also, it's privileged communication between me and my attorney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's been a lot of double speak it. around it. And they finally narrowed it down that there are four pages that are most definitely nefarious bullshit that uh, do have to be uh, shared with the prosecution and added to the record and, you know, can be evidence. Well, take it. Oh, Corey. Bitch. Dumb I AF. Yep. Oh my God, she wrote. Bye bye. And with that, Katie, I think I'm going to wrap us up here. For you're going to wrap us up mm -hmm. with some creepy crime. Yes. Are you are you familiar with what this is? Uh, is that an anaconda? No. Oh. No. It's like a big snake. It's a big snake. Uh-huh. Yeah. This is... It's a python. Oh, it's a python. Okay. It's a python. I just wanted to show you what uh, what these pythons look like before I tell you about why it's uh, why it matters. This is a Burmese uh -oh. python. Uh, okay. Well, a couple of years ago, a man was coming across the border between Canada and the U.S. And all I can imagine is when the uh, when he was walking up to the customs agent, they looked at him and went, Are you just happy to see me or you got three snakes in your pants? <laughs> oh, no. Oh. Because he had three snakes in his pants. Oh, good God. Mm -hmm. This is Calvin Bautista. So he crossed into northern New York with the hidden snakes, actually on a bus from Montreal to New York. And the snakes were hidden in the inner thigh of his pants, uh, tied in uh, snake bags, tied to the drawstring of his pants. Why, dude? What? So if you're curious, this is what a snake bag looks like, essentially. Just okay. kind of a, a cotton, meshy kind of bag that's breathable, you know. Yeah. And to be fair, I can't imagine these snakes were very big. They couldn't have been. But I would hope. 
Burmese pythons have become a problem in the U.S., in Florida particularly. Oh, and yeah. so Burmese pythons are not legal in the U.S. anymore uh, for that reason. He bought them for, he paid $2,500 for them in, wow. in Canada. Uh-huh. So, and the importation of Burmese pythons is regulated by an international treaty and U.S. federal regulations listing them as injur- injurious to human beings. Mm. Well, why? I mean, they're pythons. They right. aren't uh, venomous, but they get huge in certain climates and are getting to be really, really hard to control. So this is what okay. the Florida Fish and Wildlife says. She's, they say Burmese pythons may bite to defend themselves. Small individuals are not generally dangerous to people or pets. However, larger Burmese pythons have large, sharp teeth and their bites can cause severe lacerations. Large animals are also fully capable of eating dogs and cats. Virtually all bites occur when the snakes are intentionally provoked. Yikes. Mm -hmm. If you have the guts to go on the internet and look up Burmese pythons, uh, you will find videos of them eating things that you can't even believe. Oh, yeah, I... I'm sure mm-hmm. I'm going to take a hard pass on that. but So you're not supposed to bring them into the U.S. for that reason. We don't really want them because there's problems associated mm-hmm. with them. Uh, but again, uh, Carlos thought it would be wise to bring them into the U.S. He was finally sentenced this last week. And he received a $5,000 fine and one year on probation. So um, hopefully he he's given up like the stuff. Enough. But... <laughs> The idea to me of having three snakes hidden in your pants is... (laughs) I mean, that's terrifying for anyone. But talk about dumb criminal. God. Oh, I heard that they were only three inches long, but he said they were eight inches long. I'm sure he did. Yes, that sounds about right. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Oh, that's terrible. And that's what we've got. Yikes. I mean, that's enough. I mean, if that's not enough to that has to be really enough. keep you up half the night thinking about No, I'm not going to think about it. I don't want to think about that. That's gross. Okay. Snakes in your pants. I, yeah. Don't, don't do that. Just don't even do that. Just, just don't. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, there's so many more jokes I could make about uh, penis envy and stuff. I'm just not going to do it. I'm just not. Just, I'm not going to yeah. do it. I'm not going to say his penis was envious of those snakes. I'm not. Yes, I did. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're going to let it go. All right. Okay. Well, this is our Monday episode. So we'll be back Tuesday with a brand new episode, Wednesday night with case updates. And then of course, uh, another episode later this week on Thursday mm-hmm. and keep an eye on Patreon because in the next two days, we'll have two brand new Patreons coming in. If you are not a patron, you should be. You can join our Patreon by heading mm-hmm. over to patreon.com and just look for the True Crime Squad or just go to truecrimesquad.com and there's a link there to connect you to our Patreon. So either way, mm-hmm. we have various levels of subscriptions. It's super cheap, but it does help support us and help support the work that we do and helps us to uh, keep on going. So we appreciate all mm-hmm. of the support uh, we can get. So there you have it. This has been yet another production of the True Crime Squad. Take care. Bye, everybody.